0: You're listening to the Reconstructing Pastors podcast. I'm Ruth Lawrenson.
1: And I'm Kirk Romberg. We're recovering pastors talking about what it looks like to make sense of our calling and community expression on the other side of deconstruction.
0: Our hope is to create a safe space to explore the bigger picture of the church, both the present state of the American evangelical church and what the future may hold for those who are searching for a better way.
1: We're really glad you're here. Let's get started.
0: We are here and I'm super excited because this is a, a brand new podcast that we're doing. And we we haven't done a podcast together before, but this podcast, Reconstructing Pastors podcast, is something that has been in the works for some time and between us, between mm-hmm. our conversations and some of the aspirations that we have, especially with our uh, coaching uh, company, So we wanted to start this introduction to the podcast by just bringing a little bit of background to why we're doing it and our hopes for it and some of the content that we'll be looking at. But just wondering if you want to kick us off.
1: Yeah, I think we um, kind of stumbled into deconstruction, reconstruction conversations um, not necessarily intentionally, but sitting down over a cup of coffee multiple times to start our coaching company. And we wound up having other conversations just to kick off those meetings that we found to be very helpful for our own processing and our own journey as uh, those who have been in pastoral ministry for uh, 25, 30 years.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't just, I mean, I think we've probably had over a year now of adding half an hour, maybe an hour sometimes, <laughs> um, to pre-meeting where I think we've had the and I, I've been very grateful for the space, but um a space where we've been able just to kind of talk through our journey and what mm-hmm. has happened as pastors and where we are now and mm-hmm. what our thoughts are now. And and that I know that that for me that's been a incredibly healing space to just be able to have the conversation, um, yeah. to raise the questions, to, to feel like I can sit with the, yeah, I guess the questions and the grief. There's grief there for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I've been in pastoral ministry for over 25 years. I know you, I don't know how many years you've been in pastoral ministry. 30. <laughs> 30. Too
1: long, but that might not be nice. <laughs> and I love, by the way, being a pastor, but Um. yeah, you were talking about the space that it offered you. I want to continue to hear that.
0: Yeah, I think the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I think that that's where this podcast has come from for Mm -hmm. us. I think it's come out of our own stories in some ways. Um, Yeah,
1: come from our own stories, our own experiences, our thoughts and feelings, and and realizing that this is a safe space to be real Mm -hmm. and a safe space to say raw things that might not be... You know the the typical things that one would hear a pastor say, and I think our hope or one of my hopes, I don't want to jump ahead of us, is that maybe something like this can help create safe space for others, if not to engage in to at least listen in on and say, "You know what you're you're okay. you are you have some real thoughts, and those thoughts are worth having." And your feelings along with those thoughts are worth feeling and sharing and expressing. So mm-hmm. yeah, similar, this has been a very um, unpacking season for me and a very healing season, clarifying and, and, you know, not necessarily a lot of answers out of it, but certainly some validation that, you know, okay, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing some similar thoughts that are coming out of the mouth of someone uh that is uh has some shared experience and yeah, yeah we come from very different backgrounds at the same time
0: yeah and i think one of the things that we wanted to do in this introductory episode really um was just to lay some clarity about what this podcast is and what our hopes are and like what it is what it isn't and the type of conversations that we we hope to have uh with uh, with some guests too but i think one of the things that is important just to pack a little bit is that I think that from, from my point of view as someone who's been in pastoral ministry who's loved the church who's who's poured my life really into that space I think I don't I think having some of these conversations the fear of being misunderstood the fear of uh people thinking or categorizing you into a space mm-hmm. whether that's oh they're in deconstruction mode or i mean we have these giant words mm-hmm. that yeah. are, label us yeah. and i think and i think that for me when we were able to process as part of our um starbucks business meetings and it was so helpful because i just knew that it was i knew that you knew me And you knew my heart and you knew that I care deeply about the church. I love God and I've got big questions, but I didn't feel that sense of being misunderstood or judged or anything like that. So I was able to process. And I think, I think that that's what we're hoping to bring some other people into that space, whether potentially there are those fears of being misunderstood and that that might lead to the clarity that I think is important to talk about just as we start this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know we've had a, some pre-conversations about what this podcast is and what it isn't, and and even like the in-between of those things. So yeah. do you wanna talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, I'd love to. When you say the in-between of things, I think that's a really significant word. Um, it, it, people often use the word liminal or liminal space to describe that in-between, which really is sacred space. In fact, Walter Bruggeman talks about that when he says the pattern of the Psalms is orientation, disorientation, new orientation. There's gotta be that liminal space in between for growth to happen. It is the only way that it happens. So I think it's really significant to give people and including pastors. We oftentimes think of ourselves as impervious and I've got to put up this front that, you know, I don't have any questions and I'm not struggling in my journey. And yet that just makes us real. Um, And when we engage in that, it means that we're engaged in our own spiritual journey as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I have felt more engaged in my spiritual journey this last year in having these conversations Mm -hmm. and having these questions and discussions than I have in a long time. And I think that's part of what the book Critical Journey refers to in stage four and the wall, when it talks about the inner journey, it's necessary for everyone. And I think Spiritual leaders included to go through those spaces and come out the other side. But the thing is, we can't go through those spaces alone. We need other people uh, to help us through.
0: Absolutely, and I and I don't know whether this is the case for everyone who is in pastoral ministry or 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 not. You know, it, you don't even need to be a pastor. You could be a leader in a church, ministry leader. I mean, there's so many people
1: mm-hmm. yeah. are
0: impacted by the space, but I know that. I felt like I couldn't really raise the questions. Like I couldn't, I was holding the thing together and but had these like little gut checks in me mm-hmm. over the years and thinking, I'm not sh- so sure this is, uh, is this really hitting the mark? And, and I remember one of the things that, I mean, I'm sure most people by now <laughs> have uh, listened to The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. I mean, it was yeah. a, such a big, pivotal podcast right but i remember thinking with uh that podcast as i was listening to it and this was when i was in pastoral ministry i remember thinking okay this podcast is describing you know someone who is i would describe as having some narcissistic traits as a leader yeah. mm-hmm. and a pretty massive church and you know on one hand you can see this like detrimental uh story unfolding of this big church with this big leader and all the rest of it but I remember when I was listening to that just really applying it to mm. I just thought this this you know you you're not going to have all of these really angry leaders everywhere you could have a really nice amazing leader but mm. but there's so much of this content that is actually still existing in churches all across. Uh, America and and I felt uneasy with that I just thought this deserves some sort of reflection from me so that was it it was very instrumental to some of my questioning Mm -hmm. around what we were doing like what we were building why we what our leadership styles were how we were talking about community how we were using words like family and like so that was the beginning of me being brave enough i think to to question knowing deep down this wasn't this wasn't rejecting the church right it was it was actually being brave enough to pursue what i think the the holy spirit is longing for which is an authentic right. pursuit of community yeah where we lo- where we actually have really uh, significant conversations about things that we all, we're, a lot of us don't feel right about.
1: Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent correct. I think one of the things that, um, Christianity today did with that podcast was give us a, a hopefully, um, people took advantage of this as a means of self-reflection that in my mind, that, that whole podcast series wasn't just about Mars Hill. It was about us. It was about me. Mm-hmm. And it was about 30 years of pastoral ministry and, um, and and reflecting upon that. And we hear about the importance of self-reflection when it comes to emotional health, relational health. I think it was Socrates who said the unexamined life is not worth living. And yet I think we need to apply that collectively as a people, as Churches and communities of faith, um, and to do so with courage and with security and bravery, knowing that we don't have to protect our systems because the goal isn't the system. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can have courage to be open and honest about conversations that lead to some self reflection and examination about, okay, what can a takeaway be that maybe we need to hear, that we need to listen to, and where are we missing the mark when it comes to authentic community and what does it look like? Do we, you know, do we create space to change or do we, you know, see what other alternatives can look like? Mm -hmm. But I think there to me, and this, this is maybe just me and you can correct me if I'm wrong Ruth. but it seems to me like that there's a little resistance to self-reflection and examination when it comes to um, the bigger picture of the body of Christ and what we're doing. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's very hard to say that across the board because we don't know Mm -hmm. every single church, and I'm sure there are some church leaders and churches that are very open to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, My experience has been there is resistance, and I think the reason is it's like, and I and I'm speaking from my own experience because this is the change that happened to me. Mm -hmm. I felt like I knew certain things were not okay, but I I felt like I couldn't, I had to protect Hmm. this thing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and not say those things. Yeah. So that for good reasons, you know, because people were becoming Christians and we were baptizing people and overall it was great, (laughs) which is a very similar thing that they said about Mars Hill. Mm -hmm. So people don't say anything. And so I think, I think that there's a resistance because actually there's a fear that, I mean, there's money attached to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a whole and, conversation there.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are the conversations that we're going to have, right? Yeah. But the, 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 setup, the system uh is very beneficial for, for some people. Mm-hmm. And actually, if we do start having conversations about certain things, if we do have that emotional health check within the larger community, not just not just for ourselves, then it can actually p- position us in places where we might have to l- lose some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's scary. I think that that's just a, a a scary reality for a lot of people who have put their life into this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: know, what do you do with that?
1: It raises a lot of questions, too. If not this, then what? Um, because there's so much invested in it and the entire education track prepares one for that, at least on a professional level. Of course, we want to speak to everyone involved, but it, uh, you know, it, without changing the subject too much or getting too far in that direction, it, it when it starts to impact how it's helping me and benefiting me and particularly financially, then I think the level of resistance increases and um, I think that's hard. I think when we talk about this, though, if I can just kind of shift a little bit, is it, I think it's important for me to um, at least acknowledge the fact that that you and I share a mutual love uh, for the church, for the body of Christ, for God. Mm-hmm. This is our conversations aren't about um, bad mouthing the church per se, um, because there is, to me, at least, a, a separation between, um, say. Um, the body of Christ at large, and even local expressions of the church and the systems that we have inherited and employ in order to organize and contain. So there's 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 the container and the contained. And mm-hmm. so we're not talking about that which is contained, the people, the relationships, the community, um, but the systems that we employ uh, in order to <clears throat> organize that. I, I think um, my mind goes to... I believe it was Augustine who differentiated between the trellis and the vine. And he would talk about the function of the trellis is to support the vine, uh, but not the other way around. And it it seems to me, and I I could be wrong and this is a blanket statement and I recognize there's probably a lot of uh, exceptions to this, but it seems like the, in a lot of situations, the vine exists for the trellis and to build up the trellis and to um, so a lot of focus to me seems to be on the trellis itself, and not how well the trellis is serving the vine and the bigger picture of what's happening in the world. I think it's important that our, our listeners understand that we are focusing on uh, the trellis itself, which is which is man made, the system that we employ to support the vine, which is which is uh, God birthed and breathed and grown. Dallas Willard, while he was uh, still with us, was interviewed by somebody who asked him one of his final questions in the interview. So how do you think the church in America is doing today? And this was quite a number of years ago. Mm -hmm. And he said, the church in America is doing beautifully, which obviously got an eyebrow raised from the person who was interviewing. And he said, now, I didn't say our 501c3s are doing beautifully. Not so with our 501c3s, but the church is doing beautifully. So right there, he was giving a, a signal to the fact that there is a difference between the people, the body of Christ, um, and the systems that we employ to organize.
0: Yeah, I think even to take it a step further, I I wonder, Kirk, and I am just going to put this out there: whether mm-hmm. church itself is such a confusing word now, and yeah. mm-hmm. um, when you have a word that describes both the building and the people, it can be confusing. And actually, the 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 greek word is ekklesia which is a people sent out mm-hmm. and that's kind of got like mistranslated i think as we've as we've gone on and yeah. so the word church actually the, as we as we've uh, translated it isn't what was originally meant through scripture so i'm kind of in a bit of a space where it's yeah. like i know everyone's talking about church and all the rest of it i think for me i'm i'm in a place where i'm even questioning whether i want to use the word church because yeah. it's got so many connotations with buildings and the and the business side of church and but i think it doesn't really matter in some ways but what we're talking about is people we're talking yeah. about people who follow gods people who are spirit-filled people who are on a spiritual journey together what does that look like and how do we get to healthy spaces where Mm -hmm. that can uh, thrive Mm -hmm. and flourish Mm -hmm. where people's gifts can flourish i think that those are the things that i would be uh looking at in that space so i've got a little i've got a little reaction right now yeah. in me to that whole church thing because yeah. i think it's just again just a loaded word um for a lot of people
1: well it is a loaded word and interestingly it's i mean this might sound controversial but it's not in the bible i mean it's it a modern translation <laughs> It's in translations because that's what the translators put there, but it wasn't put there until the 13th century. Mm -hmm. So it is a a word that originates in the 13th century. It's the uh, the Celtic word Kirk, which is my name, Mm -hmm. actually. (laughs) (laughs) And so my name means church, and it wasn't used until the 13th century to refer to the word ecclesia or called out ones. And it was obviously had strong institutional state, connotations to it that began the identification of uh, the collective called out people of God with that which is institutionalized and run by someone else. I've heard it said that um, the Protestant Reformation didn't reform quite enough, that hmm. uh, we, we hung on to the old clergy laity system uh, and forgot about the priesthood of all believers. Uh, Richard Rohr, I heard him in a... Uh, a teaching recently where he was talking about um and this is going to be, sound self-deprecating <laughs> to some um but he was talking about uh, pro- the professional clergy
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the system that we have and he was saying that it's kind of a a middleman system that we have invented uh, and anytime we create a middleman in order to do for us what we uh should be able to do for ourselves, we, in in essence, create a system of codependency. And that's, in essence, what we have today with the institutionalized church is a system of codependency where you can't do it without me as a professional. You can't learn without me, you can't study without me, you can't grow without me, you can't baptize without me, you can't raise your kids without me. So you need me to do these things. And of course that need is always monetized.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, one of, th- I, we brought all of this up just mainly to, to share that our heart is for people. I mean, whether we would use th- what words we use to describe that. Um, I think that's going to be part of the ongoing conversations that we have on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But the other side of, um, some clarity around <laughs> this podcast is that, and I know this is um, complicated, but we're, it really is is about uh, we're, we're focusing on the deconstruction and the reconstruction of the church, not mm-hmm. not faith necessarily. And I put a pause on that or a caution on that because I know that those two it's it's actually quite hard to separate those two things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I I don't want to box those things uh, separately. Uh, but our main focus is the church, not, and I know there'll be some listeners that will be deconstructing their faith and deconstructing the church. And then there'll be mm-hmm. some listeners who are in that questioning of church and mm-hmm. not questioning their faith at all. My experience is that, um, I feel very similar to you in the fact that I have questions about my faith, but it's, it's been this really positive, like surging, out broadening beautiful adventurous journey with god like i feel like my and it has involved some deconstruction actually mm-hmm. but it's been mm-hmm. this uh i would say that my faith in god feels more real right now than i have ever had it, mm-hmm. it within uh, the institutional church and so I don't know, like, I I think that the only reason we're bringing that clarity in is that the topics that we're going to be talking about are around the systems, the institution, um, less so about um, who God is to us within Mm -hmm. that, but also just wanted to um, recognize that it isn't as simple as separating them either.
1: Yeah, that's good. I think that's good. Yeah. And I think, um, what you're saying right now is captured in a little story. I think that you told me recently about a grocery store in Fort Collins.
0: So we, we both live in Fort Collins. There we go. We gave it away. <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> it's okay. You're we we both we we both live in the beautiful, actually you're in Windsor, aren't you? You know, so yeah. <laughs> um, we will, let's not talk about that. But, um, we were in Colorado by the beautiful Rocky Mountains, and uh, there's a, a big road that I drive down all the time. It's one of the major roads in Fort Collins. And there has been on, the, on one side of this road, there has been this old, massive building. Kmart has been derelict for I don't know how long, Kirk, like 10 years or something or it's eight years, something like that.
1: Longer than I've been here.
0: And so it's been derelict and it's, you know, so obviously this is a small community. And and so basically just recently it got bought. So the whole thing has been, uh, has been knocked down. So I've been driving past and for the first time since I've lived here, it's like this massive building's been knocked down and I can see the mountains mm-hmm. and I'm like driving past going, oh my gosh, the mountains, they're stunning. Like... And there's a part of me that is like, I wish that nothing would be built in the place of this, because you know what a lovely mm. part of living here if we yeah. could see the mountains. But of course, you know, money speaks, and and what is actually going to happen there, unfortunately, is they're going to replace the old Kmart with another King Supers, because we haven't got enough King Supers in town. You don't think we um, have
1: enough King Supers?
0: And just so you know if you're not uh from Colorado, King Super's is a big grocery store in- the
1: Kroger chain
0: yes um so they're they're building that, but i I remember uh when we had a, one of our coffees, I remember telling you, and I was like, oh my gosh, it feels like so similar to church. It's like we're knocking this big building down, we can finally see the mountains, and I think there's this tension that a lot of people feel like right now I do Mm. of I don't want to build something in place of what we know should be gone. Mm. That's just like a glossy other version of the same old thing that's Mm. going to block this view. And like, I mean, there's so many little angles on that Mm -hmm. analogy, but just the kind of, is it okay right now just to, sit and rest and see the mountains for a while. And I wonder whether that's part of the journey of reconstruction.
1: Yeah. And I think it's an important part of the journey of reconstruction because it gives some space for uh, looking back um, space for being present um, and not being in a hurry to fill in the blank only to fill it in with something similar. Uh, it, um it reminds me of an article that I read maybe a year and a half ago in Christianity Today about the nuns, the duns, and the ums. I, I know that sometimes, you know, as people, we don't like to be categorized and labeled and yet statisticians need to find somewhere to put numbers. So this particular article was talking about uh, believers who are wanting to come back to church, but um, not necessarily wanting to come back to what they have been to before and find themselves stuck. Uh, literally stuck. I don't want to go back to. And I think what you're saying is important because maybe the temptation for a lot, I so appreciate the fact that what you said is your temp, your tendency is to not fill in the blank, to not reconstruct something new immediately, but to enjoy the liminal space, to enjoy the view, the mountains. But I wonder if that's not the temptation for a lot of people is to fix and yeah. to um, to charge forward. Rather mm-hmm. than just giving ample space for god for yeah ref- and, I, and for I think
0: that's I think that's the season we're in, and i I've spoken to so many people who are in in this space of you know there's big reasons why uh, there's a the institution is being deconstructed, right, but there's this um sense of care. Of not rushing forward because I think we've all, you know, I was brought, I, I was in pastoral ministry with all of the emergent church stuff. And, you know, back in the, the nineties and two thousands. And, and I remember a lot of that whole space and I, and I don't want to speak for all of it because I know this is, is a giant space but I know a lot of the drive there was just like let's just do something a bit more cool or relevant or shiny or whatever And we didn't get to the roots of what was wrong yeah like and I think that for me come you know being in that space and coming through that space and and being here now again which feels like oh here I am again
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: <laughs> questioning all of this stuff I feel this caution of, well, I don't want to just spend the next 15, 20 years of my life building something that actually is really the same thing in a different package.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it speaks to a lot of where we can tend to find our sense of security as believers. Um, it's easy to feel secure with uh, the walls around us, so to speak of, of, organized, heavily organized community, uh, the trellis, if you will, and can feel a little exposing and vulnerable when you don't have that. And yet what greater space to encounter the presence of Jesus in the raw um, than when you don't have the, uh, the trappings and the surroundings of the institutional church to... Um, to prop you up and to assure you that you're okay. You have to lean right into the presence of Jesus. And really it becomes a space for listening to the voice of God, Mm -hmm. uh, who may also not be in a huge hurry. Um, We're gonna be interviewing as one of our first guests, um, the author of a book that's uh, gonna be released towards the uh, end of the summer or later this year, is still in its uh, final stages of production. But he speaks to the idea of um, the church being in a space where people are beginning to start listening to the voice of the shepherd and moving forward in a direction they don't necessarily know is the end result. And not having to fill in all of the blanks, but tuning into the presence and the voice of Jesus. Um, And there's more to be said about that. We won't talk about that now. I can't wait for that interview. But I think it is, a, it is a season, to me, it seems, where the, um, the presence of God is very attuned to the life, the health of the church always, but seems to be calling the church, and by that I mean the people um, at large, even globally, to something, like I said, not something new, different, cool, hip, shiny, but to a new way of being together in him, in community. Mm-hmm. And, um, and without us filling in all the blanks right now, mm-hmm. but uh, being on a faith walk, which is really the essence of what it is that we seek to follow as Christ followers is a life of faith. Um, and not by sight, uh, the book of Romans reminds us that apart from faith, it is impossible to please God. So, so it is a, a huge faith journey. Um, This journey of deconstruction and reconstruction that, honestly, I feel like is not a human journey, but it to me seems like it is the movement of the Holy Spirit in the hearts and the lives of those who care deeply about him and who care deeply about people and the bigger picture of what's happening in the world.
0: Yeah, that's so great. I'm thinking as we wrap up this introduction episode, you know, part of the purpose of this podcast is to really be able to engage with a, an audience mm-hmm. to 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 really um, extend the conversation that we've been having to others and and Kirk. When I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about a number of different people. Obviously, there are people who are outside of church right now. That there's a lot of people who are questioning stuff. Don't feel like they can go back. There's a lot of church trauma. There's there's all sorts of different situations where that have led people to not attending a typical institutional church. But I also want to, and and those people I think are going to be really, you know, I hope this will be a source of um, community and Hmm. a place where we can say, we see you. We know that we know that you've got courage. I think I I actually wrote a post on Instagram (laughs) Um, a couple of weeks back, just kind of saying, hey, guys, you know how brave it is to to question and to say no to something and to not be uh, compliant to some of these systems. And I think it's easy to criticise people who are dis- deconstructing. I think it's easy to think, oh, my gosh, they're backsliding or whatever it is. <laughs> and actually, I wonder whether some of these people are, are, are some of, you know, the most passionate Mm -hmm, people for the body of Christ. And so I think it's really important that we don't do that, that we see that there actually, there's a lot of reasons why people are there. It's Mm -hmm. a a brave move. It costs something. Mm -hmm. And so I, my hope is that for people who find themselves in that space, that this could be a space where we're validating those questions. We're validating a space to have a conversation but also i wanted to say that um, and i think it's off the back of what you just said but i just really want want to invite pastors who mm-hmm. are right in the middle of running churches as they are because i know that most pastors that i know are as much as they're, you know there's some learnt cultural behaviors and institutional stuff that we've just literally inherited yeah. as the years gone on i know that most pastors are, are laying their lives down because of that passion yeah you know and i i I would love to extend an invitation of curiosity
1: mm, that's a good, for
0: pastors yeah to to say ask yourself the question is it I wonder whether is it just this group of people that are deconstructing church or <laughs> Is Jesus deconstructing the church mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, and safe. if Jesus is deconstructing the church, then the invitation for this podcast uh-huh. is really wide. It's, it's not this of kind of like little mm-hmm. niche thing for people right. who are grumbling about church. It's actually for mm-hmm. passionate Jesus followers who have given their lives to leadership, who have said, I want to do something with my life to build this ecclesia. -hmm. And because I believe in it, because I believe that this is a a beneficial part of life and society is to have a healthy community of believers. So I just wanted to put that challenge out there because I think it's easy to discount ourselves with stuff like this, Mm -hmm. with words. And I would love I would love those, you know, those groups and people within in the in-between, like we've talked about before to really be able to benefit from some of the conversations that we're having. But it's gonna take curiosity, it's gonna take humility, Mm -hmm. it's gonna mean that maybe you'll listen to something that you start off not agreeing with, and that's okay. We're Mm -hmm. not here to agree with everyone. you know. We're here to have conversation.
1: Yeah, I I think um, uh, somebody uh, that I was recently reading said, the best compliment that you can give me uh, is not that you agreed with me, but that you made me think. And that's what the that's what space is for, is to invite thinking, um, uh, largely out of a system that maybe doesn't always invite thinking. Maybe to a certain degree, that might be a little hard, might be too big of a blanket statement, but we're talking about high level thinking and not necessarily agreeing or a new form of compliance, but just open dialogue and to engage the thought process uh, about some real thoughts and real questions um, and real concerns um, that are related to this thing that we we love and wrestle with. Uh, and I won't use the C word, but the, the community <laughs> of believers that we, we call that other word.
0: <laughs> you can use it well. <laughs> well, um, just as we wrap up, one of the things that this podcast is coming alongside is we're actually running a cohort um, mm. as part of, we are both, coaches we've set up a we set up a business uh, over a year around a year ago now called bridge and Reiner coaching it's a, it's a business that is is offering life and leadership co- coaching to pastors and leaders and part of what we do with uh, that business is we run cohorts and so we do have uh, reconstructing pastors cohort starting in September and if you are more interested than just listening to a podcast and or if some of the conversations really spark your interest you might want to be uh interested in joining a cohort where you can become part of the conversation right that's the point so the cohort will go across six months and we're super excited about that so check you know just check our website out if you're interested we'd love to have you in that space there's limited spaces but we'd love just reach out to us we'd love to connect with you I think one of the things that Terry Welling who is going to be our next guest um, said I remember he said to me went to when I was on a call with him he said um, you know for a lot of people in pastoral leadership or ministry where they find themselves is that they they know they can't go back but they don't know which way is forward. And that is what this podcast is about. That is what our cohort's about. Mm -hmm. And we know that we need each other. We need dialogue. We need conversations. We need um, real, safe spaces where we can ask questions and not be boxed in a category or judged, Mm -hmm. um, but encouraged and spaces to listen as well to other people. And I think that as we do that together, um, we might find our way forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautifully said. And I think that is a great way to wrap up this first conversation.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll be back guys. So excited to be kicking this podcast off and um, check us out for the next episode because Terry Welling will be with us. And we're so excited to hear about his book and all of the stuff that he's going to share. Thanks for listening to the Reconstructing Pastors podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review.
1: And if you're interested in leaning into this conversation further, we'd love for you to be a part of a special online community coaching space called Reconstructing Pastors Cohort. For details, visit our website at bridgeandrhino.com. See you at the next episode.